you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey, with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Bannister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number 22 of the Shake, Rattle, and Gold podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing. Their new location in Amherst and in Tower Square in downtown Springfield, your pregame spot for Thunderbirds game. And by our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting, bridging the gap for those traversing the healthcare landscape. Alongside Matt Baker, I am Steve Forney. It's nice to have everybody on board for this episode. Matt, what's new? What's cooking? How are you, pal? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, you know, in the trying to get through this these winter months how about you you're uh, feeling a little bit under the weather again oh, huh? it never ends. Non-stop, my wife, right my wife just got out of one i had a double ear infection and a sinus infection both my kids have ear infections oh. and we leave for disney in 11 days oh geez oh, so it's like deep breaths yeah let's let's get it all out of the way now and then go ride some roller coasters and yeah yeah meet some princesses but we'll get through we it go. there's nothing yep, else yep. we can do you know so um we are coming off of a, an all-star weekend. Um, did you want to save that for later or do you want to dive in? Yeah, let's, let's save let's that save for it. the okay. end. Let's, let's kind of get through some of the not so good stuff. And, you know, this episode will ebb and flow a little bit as cool. the season has, and we'll kind of touch on the good stuff at the end. Yeah. So we got three games here to recap and uh, it's just, it's night and day. I mean, it's complete. Uh, it's completely night and day, um, you know, two losses to Bridgeport and then a, Really, I would call it a dominating win against Hartford, where they were clearly the better team for 60 minutes. And I don't know, Matt, I feel like there's no real rhyme or reason to any of it. Yep. I, 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 this, it's mind boggling to me. I, you know, I've struggled to kind of, identify what, what is this team's identity, right? We, we were talking a little bit about this, Steve, when when we think of this Thunderbirds team, I, I they're clearly I mean we're a broken record when we talk about the amount of talent on this team and the amount of individual talent on this team clearly is there, but I just wonder and and if I'm being honest about myself, right? This is I, I I'm not a GM of a hockey team. I don't know how to build a roster, but I just wonder if the construction of this roster this is what we get. Are, are they too many like-minded defensemen? Do we have too many similar skills with the forwards? Because it just doesn't click. You know, I, I, I think of, and I'm not, I realize we're here right in Western Mass. I'm a Giants fan. I know how this is going to sound and I'm not trying to poke the bear or anything, but I, I do think of this Thunderbirds team like Eli Manning. And Eli Manning, as a Giants fan, would give you games where he throws three interceptions in the first half. He looks like he is half sleeping. He looks like he doesn't know how to comb his hair. 
right? He, you just look at him in the sideline and he's like, uh, we're playing football, but <laughs> he's also, he's got two Super Bowl championships. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs. He's talented. You, you talk to former players that played with Eli Manning and they're like, he was the smartest player on the field. 95% of our games. I kind of feel like, you know, but with all that, you had so many games where you're just watching Eli Manning play and you're like, dude, why are you throwing that? Where are you throwing to? It just, it, it, it was like, you want to pull your hair out. He'd end up with around, you know, 500 record. Maybe they go 10 and six, right? In, in football. Like, I just feel like that's where this Thunderbirds team is. There's talent. When they put it all together, there is not I, I even Hershey. I don't think Hershey. It, if we put it all together, Hershey's beating us one nothing on a lucky goal that dribbles past Subban. Hershey's beating us in a shootout where we dominated overtime. But then, I can't think of any other word to des- I can't think of a word to describe these two games against Bridgeport. Again, you're coming off of two big wins two weeks ago against the checkers and you have an opportunity to really push into this all-star weekend on a high and you're going up against a Bridgeport team Wednesday. Who's Jakob Skar- Skarik is in, in goal. And I believe he had lost like 12 straight 13. games or something. 13, 13 yeah. straight games. Yep. And again, I'm, I'm not knocking him. This is not a, an Islanders podcast, but this is the he had come in losing 13 straight games and you put 22 shots on him 20 yeah 22 three in the second period you go into the third with a one nothing lead and then you blow it in the th- i just you know it it's that kind of level of i i i'm i'm at a loss of words i can't really describe it it doesn't make sense yeah, it's 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 quite bizarre. And again, outshot forty three to twenty two in that game. Um, you know, it's interesting. You talk about the roster makeup today. Today's the twentieth anniversary of the release of the movie Miracle. So I watched it with my my seniors today in, in, at school. And you know, there's that the the part in the beginning of the movie where where they they have a week of tryouts, and after one day, Coach Brooks puts his roster together. And the guy says, well, you know, there's a lot of talented guys that you don't have on your list. And he's like, I don't need talented guys. Every guy that I picked has a specific role to fill. And I, it kind of reminds me of, of this team because there's guys to me that are extraordinarily talented, not in the role that's suited for them. Or maybe they just don't have, maybe it's the other side of it, they just don't have players that can fit a particular role. Right. Sure. And, there you go. You, yeah. You're, you're fine with having a, a, the more talent, the better. But it, it, having guys that fill a particular role. And again, I, I can't sit here and tell you what those roles are, but but there it just seems like there are guys there are holes where you say we could use a little more of this, a little more of that. And there's nobody really on the roster that can yeah, fill that need that they have. And so, um, you know, I, I think that I think that's a big big part of it and you know talk about the identity i want to throw something at you matt in, in three words can you tell me the identity of the hartford wolf i'll put you on the spot can you tell me the identity of the hartford wolf pack so i'm um, uh, yes I, and i think i could do this and, and obviously i'm i'm only watching the hartford wolf pack against the the um thunderbirds and following them here and there 
but they're they're strong, they're physical, and I think they play smart hockey, sound hockey. I, I would say the same thing: physical, tough, smart. Yeah, Bridge, Bridgeport. Yeah. I would say scrappy, scrappy, relentless, and and borderline. Uh, I don't want to call them a dirty hockey team. That's not where I want to go with this. But I I think they play on that line. I think they take yeah. a yeah. I think they take a lot of penalties. So I think they play. You know, they play on the edge from a physical standpoint. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, in, in, in Providence, skilled, uh, balanced goalie. And yeah. they got good goaltending. They are extraordinarily skilled. And they got a couple of big dudes. So it's like we can go through these teams that we've seen them play and sort of make an identity of them based in three words. I can only come up with one word for this team and it's unpredictable. I just have no yeah. the only word I can come up with to describe this team in, in three words. I came up with one and it's unpredictable. Yeah, that's fair. And and also to be fair, we are also watching a lot more Thunderbirds games. I, I, I can't, I don't know what Bridgeport looks like against Hershey or against Hartford. I we're not watching those games and, and dissecting those games, but I think, you know, with what we can see, Again, it it's just unpredictable, and it's it seems like as of late, you're either getting the really good, and again, you're dominating the Wolfpack, you're dominating the Checkers, two very good teams in and of themselves. They they're no, and then for some reason, it's playing down to the level of their opponent. It's uh, again, it's it's when you know I, I brought this up a few weeks ago when you're playing playoff hockey it doesn't matter who your opponent is. You've got to play your game. You've got to play your style. You have to play how you want. You have to make things happen for you. And again, I just thought it was a perfect opportunity. Nothing is, is taken for granted. You have to go out there and you have to play, but nothing I've seen tells me that if the Thunderbirds really truly played their game of hockey, they shouldn't, they should be dominating Bridgeport. I don't see anyone on Bridgeport who you're like, that's a problem for us, but yet here we are. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ishakov is really good. I mean, I take that. He guy is. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and there's something about it. And I, this, this is goes, you know, you can look through the, 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 the lines of history across all sports. There was always that one baseball player who, for whatever reason, dominated when he played one particular team or one particular pitcher. And when that team came into town, he would go off and, over the years, uh, Tanner Fritz, who's not even there anymore, would always score against the Thunderbirds. Jeff Kubiak, the mm. fourth liner who literally doesn't score anything against anybody else for whatever reason, always. And he's done it for four seasons. When he comes to Springfield, he always scores, always scores. Mm. It's unbelievable. And I, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, we've, we've mentioned before about how, like, when you're struggling, you want to play a team like Bridgeport because they help you get off the schneid. For Bridgeport, they must look at the schedule and go, "Thank God we're playing Springfield again." Yeah, Thank God, yeah. because it, because you know they they're, they get their teeth kicked in when they play everybody else, and then it, it's just like there there's something about I don't know their system or again the makeup. Talk about having guys having roles and yeah. and and being able to do different jobs, and they are well rounded in that when it comes to playing against Springfield. And you're right though, I would love to see like Bridgeport against like Wilkesbury Scranton. Yeah. I just want to see what that version of Bridgeport looks like, and if it's any different than how they play, they play Springfield because it's just it's it's bizarre. And you know, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it's weird about maybe it's just low, lucky breaks. I mean, just that like that first goal Vrana scored against Hartford, it was a lucky break. The puck came to him. Yeah. He walked in, sniped, 
one nothing lead. You know, when you play Bridgeport, it's the opposite. It's 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 a, a puck bounces off a skate, finds Jeff, usually Jeff Kubiak wide open, <laughs> and he buries it. And it's like, you know, why do these things only happen against certain teams? And and you know, that's why I think part of that is that's why we love sports. But yeah, fair point. Oh yeah, well, fair know, point. But as a fan, you're you're you know, it it's easy to get frustrated looking at it. So yeah, um, yeah, there's just something in the water this year about Springfield against Bridgeport and. You know, I, I think, again, it's because we watch them more, but there's always been that one team every year. I think last year it was Hartford. Of course, Hartford ended up going on a nice run and winning the whole thing. But it was like, why can't we beat Hartford? This team isn't yeah. really that good. Why can't we do it? And this year it's Bridgeport. And it's it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating as a fan. Yeah. And, and and truthfully, I mean, the frustrating part is, at least for me, is is my own. You you I go into it and I'm like, all right, you know, we're turning things around. You're playing too. And I'm, I'm not trying to live and die with every game win loss whatever the result is but you know you just kind of go into it and as going into the wednesday's wednesday's game you know you islanders do they're starting skarik and i'm like all right guy who hasn't won in 13 games you know talk about some unlucky breaks springfield let's put the pressure on early and and get to him it's i i I have to say it's unfortunate listening or or watching a game at Bridgeport on a Wednesday is disheartening. I mean, it, it's kind of oh, cool man. on AHL TV, only in the way like you can hear players on the ice. You could hear coaches yelling because there's like 30 fans in the arena, which is unfortunate. But um, you got Pekka scoring in the first period and you're like, okay, all right. You know, and fairly early in this, in the first period. And, you're thinking, okay, like, all right, boys, if you, again, this is a goalie who hasn't won in 13 straight games, just keep peppering them. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this second period to like, all right, pepper them, pepper them, pepper them. And they come out and, and lucky for us, Subban was on his game, but he faces 12 shots and we are only able to get three on Skarik. So, you know, and then the third period, it just was like going through the motions. That's just kind of just what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Islanders score three goals in the third, again out shooting the uh, the uh, Thunderbirds fourteen to six, and like you said earlier, forty three to twenty two on the game. I mean, that's I don't know what that is. Nine shots in the second and third period combined. That's unacceptable. Uh, that's you know that yeah. Uh, it's got to be called out for what it is. And, and I, I don't, uh, it, to me, I, effort, I mean, just put the puck on net. Um, uh, yeah. I didn't see much else. It just, it, it, you, you wanted to see more. You wanted to see, let's go, let's go. And it just was oof, you know? Um, and, you know, we can't make the same excuse for, um, for the game on Friday night because they had 38 shots on goal. They outshot them 38, 33. They had 10 in the third period, 12 in the second period, and they lost five, one. Yep. It's like, you know, and, and I do think, I, I do think it was, it was kind of tough for Colton Ellis. And this is kind of what happens when you, you know, you, you come back, you get your first start, you get a shutout, you're feeling it. It, it, it gives a sense to the fans that like all of a sudden you have, you know, Chris Osgood or Patrick Roy, uh, mm-hmm. coming, uh, you know, being sent down from heaven in the, in the, the shape of Colton Ellis. And that's just not the case. Sure. You know, but two quick goals. I mean, it wasn't even eight game. Wasn't even eight minutes old. You're down to nothing. 
you know, and you get that goal right back with Hunter Skinner to make it two to one. And it didn't really matter. It didn't really affect the game at all, you know? And, and, and I think that that's, that to me is where, when we look at what are, what are some of the things that's ailing this team, that's kind of one of the things I look at where are they able to take positive momentum and roll with it? I mean, how many mm-hmm. times do they, they get a big goal and, the, and then whoever they're playing comes down and scores immediately. And you're like, well, all this, the air gets sucked out of the mass mutual center after that. You know what I mean? Like, yep, yep. I don't know if they have that ability to, to take momentum for what it is and, and build on it. And when you're, you know, when you're, you're standing on the throat of your opponent, you let them back up, you know, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know how you get that instilled in you or how you get that taught or whatever it is. Uh, but it's, it's definitely seems to be lacking. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and to your point, like the good in from that game, I thought was, you know, a Hunter Skinner goal right after you're down to nothing. Um, and now you're heading in again, heading into second intermission, you're down one. And I think sort of, it was, you know, I don't want to say sloppy, but you had three penalties in the second against the Thunderbirds. Um, and it kind of, it just, they just never seem to kind of get into the flow in that second period. And yes, you're giving up two goals in the second. Um, but they weren't early goals. They came late, you know, or, you know, middle, uh, middle to late of the, the second period. And now you're just going into the third period again with a three goal deficit. And again, I think the, the magic of these third period comebacks have kind of peaked a little bit. Like, I don't think we can really expect that to be the norm like it was, but all that being said, you now have, you had two penalties in, in the third period against the uh, Islanders. And you're just like, come on guys, like one power play goal here. And, and, you know, you're pulling for them. This never really seemed to get it again. You, as you said, shots were coming just, Right at Tikkanen. Right. Um, I, I didn't think they, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know if it's a present presence in front of the net, trying to redirect some shots. If they're, you know, missing a bit of a physical presence in front of the net. Gaudet is back, but, you know, I think the, the, the two games he was back for the Thunderbirds since returning from St. Louis, you know, he kind of catching his feet again a little bit here in the AHL. Um, they're just, it's hard because it's not what we expect. It's not what we think this team is capable of. So it's, it's just kind of, it's hard to really break it down. And, you know, uh, I don't know, a three to one loss against Hershey. It just has a different feel. Not that they should, because an L is an L and a win is a win, but a three to one loss, even a five to one loss against Hershey. I feel like I probably can find better things to pick out of. Whereas when you are losing three to one and five to one against Bridgeport, I don't know. That probably isn't fair. I get it. Cause again, an L is an L, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad you brought up the penalties though, because uh, the, the, in the second period, the, the roughing penalty to key and Washcrook, it's one of those ones where you're like, dude, like, come on, man. Like how long have you yeah. been in the league? Like, like, what are we doing here? And then, you know, you talk about momentum. Jacob Vrana gets a 10-minute misconduct for abuse yeah. of officials. And literally five seconds later, uh, Etuliukas scores. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, instead of it being a two-one game, now it's three-one. Then they score a minute. And again, this wasn't even a power play. These were technically even strength. Mm-hmm. Then they score less than a minute later. Now it's four-one. Game's over. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, all, all it ta- all it took was that you know again one of your best players, most talented players, Jacob Vrana, sitting down for ten minutes for abusive officials. Bang! Two quick goals. Game's over. Good night. Mm-hmm. So you know that's one of those things that we talk about momentum and riding it and, and and handling it and feeling the moment. You know, Bridgeport's able to do it. They're able to to read the room and say, okay, like you know, I Here, mean, this though, is our moment. Let's yeah. let's crash through the door and and even though there's only two hundred and seventy yeah. people here tonight, <laughs> let's at least yeah, let's at least uh, seize this moment. And and I don't I don't know where that comes from. Um, you know, we talk about I mean, people are going to talk about the coach and and you know, um, oh my goodness, by the way, I just looked at it. The attendance for that Wednesday game was one thousand five hundred and eighty. <sighs> Woof. Um, it was shame. thirty. It was thirty three hundred on on Friday night, but the, the Wednesday game. Woof. But you know, but Bridgeport has Bridgeport's had Brent Thompson as their head coach forever, mm-hmm. and this is their first year not having him. In fact, I, I believe, and I'm not positive, but I believe he left mid season two. Maybe he left right before the season started. But either way, they have a new head coach too. And you say, well, the, the, look at the standings, and they're at the basement. It's true, but from a game by game basis, and the games that we're watching, and only really against. Springfield they're they look more organized they look well coached they look like they're playing together they look like they have a style that they're trying to play and they're playing Bridgeport hockey and the Thunderbirds are also playing Bridgeport hockey like they're not saying we're playing Thunderbirds hockey and you try to like they're getting into the exact style that Bridgeport wants to play and that's sure a problem yeah and so. and then in the blink of an eye, and th- this is the like, yes, like in the blink of an eye, sun goes down, sun comes up, new day. <laughs> you you go to Hartford and flat out dominate that game. I mean, shots you you get out shot thirty six to thirty two, um, but you 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 dominate them on the scoreboard. You you get after Garand early and often three goals in the first one in the second two in the third you don't give them an opportunity and and they had an opportunity like wolfpack got back into it at three three in the second mm-hmm. but you you i i didn't feel a panic i felt that they still were like hey let's keep going let's keep going you get two in the third and you're like oh right yeah, like right. here oh here are the thunderbirds and and this this is the like I just scratch my head and it's like I'm with you what what are we getting on a night to night basis I don't know I don't know um it's funny we were texting back and forth of that game literally just like what is happening like yeah we should just, be more it was almost like I'm, I'm watching the game and I, I had I wanted to be excited but my brain immediately went to like what is happening like what is going on like, yeah I, I make it make sense to me somebody <laughs> please like email us shoot us a text like I, 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 and it, it's make it make sense. I, I, I'm at a loss here because I mean, again, this game, you're going up against Hartford, who is a very talented team. I feel like the Thunderbirds are a very talented team. So when they play Hartford, when they play Providence, when they're playing uh, the Penguins and, and Hershey and the Checkers, the, even the, the, um, uh, 
the 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 phantoms i i expect all right yeah this is a could be a close game it could probably go either way let's see who's playing hockey tonight you know let's see who came mm-hmm. to play i ex- i expect games like this against hartford it's just the you know the consistency the what are we getting tonight but this was a good a good team win i thought i thought they came out aggressive they were outshot in the first period almost 2 to 1 but they took advantage of the opportunities that the Wolfpack made. The Wolfpack made a few mistakes, like you mentioned earlier. Um, the breakaway to um, Verana, Suzuki had a breakaway in that first, and they just they kind of out hustled the Wolfpack. Even mm-hmm. though they got outshot, they were kind of the aggressors. You were playing Springfield style hockey. Subban was great, I thought, all game. Um, I, I will say it's what an unfortunate break for uh, Wyatt Kalanuck with that, the fighting plus the elbow pad. So yeah. he gets a game misconduct. I mean, I, I do, I understand the, the logic of that, that rule. Um, but I almost wish things like this, there was a bit of official discretion. I didn't see how the elbow pad got ripped off. Um, but I mean, it's one of those things you understand the point of the rule, but like, yeah. I mean, I I go back to the, you know, the 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 taking off of the helmets. They tell you you can't take off the helmets, and trust me, when I get to the box, there's way more damage done to guys' faces because the other guy punched the visor, and the yeah. visor comes back and hits you in the eye. And you know, I I um I'm trying to think. Of, I think it's Samuel Asselin got one in. I think it's Bridge. I think he's in Bridgeport now. He used to be in in Providence, but he got one in a fight where the best punch landed on his visor. The visor kicked back. And by the time he got to the bench, the eye was already blue and there was blood coming down and he never even got hit with the fist. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, do we have detachable visors? I think would be a great idea where you just, you can take off the, the visor and keep the helmet on something like that. But yeah, the elbow pad thing, it's like you get the rule, but like, like, what are we doing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, I understand it. I mean, and it's not like it happens that often. I just wish there was like, it's it's an additional penalty. It just seems, and again, I, it, it's a deterrent to fighting. I mean, and it's not like it's not right. known. The players know it. So, hey, if you don't want to risk a game misconduct halfway through the first period because your elbow pad falls off, I guess don't get into a fight. So it's not an excuse, just an unfortunate break because I, yeah. and, and I think Ryan brought this up on the broadcast too. You're talking about, you know, a, a, a top uh, defenseman here for the the Thunderbirds who now you are out for two and a half periods almost. Right. Um, and, and luckily the, 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 the Wolfpack, they weren't able to capitalize on it, but uh, just, that was a tough break yeah. for, for Wyatt Kalanuck. I thought it was, you know, we've talked about appropriate fights before when we had uh, Casey Terreri on, I thought from oh, like, you know, Wolfpack's standpoint, that was an important fight. Kalanuck and Offman. Um, at a time Hartford needed something going, it got them a goal probably. And, and they come out firing in the second period to tie it up. Um, but I, I, again, this, it was just a great team win. You saw, I saw, you saw good passing, cycling of the puck. They were able to get through the neutral zone. Uh, still not where I would like them to be on the power play. You know, you're zero for three. Um, but when we talked about this, uh, we know the Hartford Wolfpack is a tough 
PK to break their size. Man. They're tough, right? And but you're Huge. 0 for three. Um, I think you know there's there's something to be said here. I think uh, really the only penalties against um, the Thunderbirds was the the matching fighting, and then you had much matching roughing calls with Duzak and Berard, uh in the second, I believe. So yeah, you know you you didn't put yourself on the penalty kill, uh, which was good, you know, disciplined hockey. Let's just see this for multiple games in a row. I would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tanner, Tanner Doyron and Alex Lepkowski, two referees. I don't think I've seen it all the season. So um, maybe that's part of the reason why the elbow, the, the elbow pad thing was called Maybe these guys, maybe it happens more often and most guys let it go. I, I don't know that. Uh, that's just speculation, but um, yeah, even like you said, maybe that's part of the reason why there weren't a lot of penalties. There was a, an obvious boarding on Rempe and then a slashing in the third on Bru- on Brouillard with eight seconds left in the game. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, that was it. So um, other- otherwise it was a pretty much a relatively clean game from both teams in, in a game, oddly enough, that was very, very physical. I thought, I mean, this Burrard yeah. guy on Hartford just loves to get under the skin of, of, everybody and and he did on to joe duzak getting those matching roughings so yeah um i don't know a couple a couple of quick hartford things uh, to point out uh one good one bad we'll start with the good congratulations eight thousand six hundred and seventy in attendance in that building that building's been empty for way too long mm-hmm. it's nice to see people in hartford coming out and, and supporting this team and again it helps when you're win when when you're winning right i mean the attendance in springfield has been pretty solid ever since they made the calder cup run um same can be said for Hartford. So it's nice to see that number. Uh, the bad, uh, three stars of the game in that one. Number one's Verana. Number two is Ryder Korzak. And number three is Hugh McGing. Uh, Ryder Korzak had uh, two assists. Hugh McGing had three assists. Mm-hmm. Verana had two goals. The number one star of the game should have been Hugh McGing or Verana. And then you flip-flop with the other guy. Sticking the Hartford guy, number two, in the three stars is a, is a joke. So I know here in Springfield, we take that seriously. I don't know who's making that. I don't know. That's Alex Thomas. I don't know who's making the call on those things in Hartford, but um, we'll figure it out, guys. That's kind of embarrassing. You know, funny you bring that up. One of the, my, for some reason, aside from the game, right, my kids love trying to guess who the stars are going to be. And, you know, they had Verona one. They had McGing two, they thought. And when they see that it's, you know, Korzak from Harvard, they're like, wait, what? And I'm talking about my eight and nine year old son. They're like, wait, that and they're they're looking at the box score with me the next morning too to double check. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. Like again, eight-year-old, nine-year-old logic, same thing you just said. Wait, he's got two assists. Wait, wait, he's he's got uh he's got three assists. Wait, three is more than two. What's going on? Like, (laughs) and I'm I and I'm trying to explain this again. Simple math, kids. Eight and nine year old logic with this new age math, they understand three is more than two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's right. uh, funny you bring that up because they they had the same thought. Like that's just a homer call. That doesn't even make sense, yeah. and they get upset with that stuff too. So I'm that's glad funny. to hear Springfield takes it serious because my my kids love to play that game, guessing who the stars are. Yeah. And they're usually pretty. They're pretty good. And they're pretty spot on. The only thing is, I I usually I like to give the goalies more love. I feel like it's I it's wish like, to yeah. If you give up one goal, you're automatically not one of the three stars unless yeah. you make forty saves. It's like your benchmark is shutout and then like thirty eight saves. Yeah, it's like 
if you make if you make 29 saves, give up two goals and you win and you make a couple of massive saves like in the third period. The third third second start of the game. Why not? I, no. I agree with you. That there's a lot of context to goaltending and there's yeah. a lot of, uh, I think, you know, we do this. I think sometimes as a Springfield fan base too, we kind of goalies, goalies, goals, but sometimes you, as a goaltender, you get left out to dry and you don't have a shot at saving it. It's not your fault. Other times you're diving, making brilliant saves. So I'm with you there. Um, I thought, I, you know, eyeball I, tests. Stop, yeah. you know, it's like stop staring at the box store, box score and use your eyeballs. And, and yeah. what did the, what did your eyeballs tell you for the last two hours? You know what There's I mean? There's a lot of context in goaltending, but I, I think this, this weekend, I, I, I think it, I think it's fair to say, I think both goaltenders played fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Subban played really strong against uh, Hartford. I thought he played well against Bridgeport on Wednesday night. Again, you're getting out shot. You're, you're getting out shot two to one, 43 to 22. Uh, on that Wednesday game. And again, Colton Ellis, I think he, he played well. I don't think, he, again, the spotlight isn't too big for him. He's not going to go undefeated in his AHL career. He's not going to make every save. Um, he's not going to, you know, I thought he played fairly well. He was in good position. And, and again, I think he does a nice job eating the puck um, for the most part. So I, 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 if we just get consistent team play, there's there this, I'm excited for a good stretch here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have much more coming up here uh, in a little bit, but we do want to uh, once again thank our friends at White Line Brewing in their new location in Amherst on North Pleasant Street, right down uh, downtown in Springfield, the Tower Square as well. The place to go prior to Springfield Thunderbirds home games. Uh, parking can be a little tricky these days, so make sure that you park in the Tower Square garage. Bring your parking ticket down to White Lion. They'll validate it for you. And while you're there, grab some Boomer Nachos, some Hall of Fame wings, and some Seuss Mac and Cheese, along with any of the 20-plus beers they have. And, of course, you can find them in your local liquor store cooler as well. White Lion Brewing in Amherst and in downtown Springfield, proud local sponsor of the SRG Podcast, and by our friends at YOLO Healthcare Consulting. They offer education, training, tutoring, coaching, and mentoring for healthcare professionals and students. Founding owners Yolanda Marrow and Lola Rios and doctorate-prepared nurses with over 40-plus years combined bedside, academic, and leadership nursing experience. They offer assistance to individuals navigating the healthcare system for long-term care and home care planning needs. Founded right here in West in Western Mass, YOLO Healthcare Consulting are the ones to contact to help you bridge the gap. If you're traversing the healthcare landscape, you can reach out to them at yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com, or you can give them a call, 413 627 0609 and of course tell them that the guys at srg sent you that read was a battle we got through it (laughs) um and uh we do want to kick it off to our um our fan uh fan feature which uh, is a good one i'm glad we got to uh catch up with our friend samantha robinson of course patty's irish pub is our sponsor for that one so big thank you to patty uh patty's but big thank you to samantha for joining us as well and here she is to start off, um, so I was a Falcons fan since 2010, and a T-Birds fan, like I said, since 2016. Mm-hmm. I remember going to my first game, and I'm like, I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> like I had no T-Birds gear whatsoever, and I ended up just, as you guys can see, I bought my first hat. I have that same go. one. Yeah, just less autographs. <laughs> I call it my lucky hat. So just the atmosphere um, coming from small town, I don't get to do a lot of stuff outside of, you know, going to games. I 
grew up in the area coming like i said coming from a small town mm-hmm. i don't get to do a lot of sports i did softball as a kid did basketball just didn't find what i was my niche until the t-birds came to town i think going to a game is it's just like the atmosphere i so like i'm close to their age so i can relate to them and they're human like us so they understand the struggles yeah favorite player this year i'm gonna have to say sam bitten mm-hmm. um i finally got my picture taken with him on monday granted will kind of photobombed it typical <laughs> brothers <laughs> yeah i i wasn't gonna fight with sam to get he wanted will in it and i was like go ahead pucks jerseys and sticks i currently have three player sticks i have too many pucks to count and i think my favorite thing that i have right now is my team canada joel hofer game worn international ice hockey federation jersey he actually sent it to me for my birthday um i know matthew pekka's pretty decent with stuff like that i know he's got something planned for the february 24th game he won't tell me what it is because it's my birthday game Oh boy. So, and he's got St. Louis in on it. Um, because I was when I was talking to Nikita on Monday, he was texting. I don't know who he was texting, but he's they were like, Yeah, St. Louis is in on this. So I was like, I'm wow, I'm, in my I'm gonna have to write that down. In my head, I'm like, please don't be something weird. I write them fan letters. I remember writing one letter to Hofer and it made him cry. Like I said, I've been going to these games for a long time. Mm. Um, I remember my first game. I Like I said, I didn't have anything. And then I ended up getting the hat. And my first event, I was so shy. I couldn't even speak to these guys. It was interesting. Um, I think the first real conversation I had was my first Festival of Trees event I went to. And that was the first time I actually met um, Sam Montembeau. And I didn't know if he spoke English because he, you know, he was from Quebec. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Tommy Cross was our alternate captain. So he, you know, he just walked up to me and he's like, go talk to him, you know, introduce yourself to him. So I kind of just walked up to him. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Sam, you know, welcome to the team and we just started talking and we kind of just hit it off. When I first got my Panther, when we were still affiliated with the Panthers, I bought myself a Florida Panthers Sam Montembeau jersey. Mm-hmm. And I stayed after the game that night and it was December, so it was cold. And here I am in no jacket on. Just my jersey and my hat and everything else no jacket whatsoever and monty's coming out and so i i bolt over to him and i kind of just like dropped my stuff and i ran over he looks at the jersey no he thought it was like he thought it was actually like game worn and i told him no it's not it's a replica jersey but just the way he looked at it it he thought it was an actual like game worn off your back jersey Hmm. and he actually ended up signing it and i actually have two pucks in my collection from his first nhl game that i bought along with the jersey 
what makes me happy, you know, it's one game. You know, all teams go through a slump. Mm-hmm. Even when I played sports, I went through what they call the slump. And can teams get out of it? Yes. Does it suck when they lose? Yes. It happens. You can't let the team feed off of that. No matter what you're feeling, you have to let them feed off of the positive energy. Hmm. Because if they're feeding off negative energy, it's going to bring their dynamic down. And a big thank you to Samantha for joining us. Uh, That was a blast. We were so happy to have her on. And, of course, our fan feature segment is brought to you by our friends at Patty's Irish Pub, located at 1060 Wilbraham Road in Springfield, right in the Breckwood Shopping Center. Over 20 local and craft beers on tap and eight TVs including the NFL, MLB, and NHL TV packages. It's one of the few bars here in Western Mass where you can watch our former T-Birds play from St. Louis. And uh, we are thrilled to have them as well. Make sure you tell them that the boys at SRG sent you. Yeah, um, that was that was great yeah, to have, I, Samantha. With, Thank you so much. Us, Samantha, yeah. <clears throat> it's amazing to see. I mean, what a great fan. She loves her Thunderbirds, loves the, loves the guys on the team, and, and just – good to see and and again hearing some of the stories of her in the in the stands and and meeting people it's just great to hear yeah i love the story about about uh, joel hofer giving her the uh the the team canada jersey i mean it's awesome like i don't know it's weird and i'm not certainly not comparing myself to to a player or anything but like you know it's it's amazing the love that the fans give these players and when they kind of show that love back Sure. It's cool. And, you know, like, I mean, we have a lady that sits behind us at every game that she's at. She brings us this big, huge baggie of candy and it's the best. And I mean, you know, we, we, I got the picture behind me that Trina gave us and, and, you know, it it, developing these relationships with the fans is, is cool and fun. And, um, I I love to see guys throwing sticks over the glass and dropping pucks over the glass to fans. And I think that fan to player interaction in this sport is better than in in most. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I think, both the fans and the players do a great job out here in Springfield. So yeah, if I, can, if I can also add to that too, like it is the fan, the player to fan relationship is great. And I think the front office staff, I, I have to give them credit as well. And if I can uh, share a, a story too, it, here in town, um, there was a family who, who just got hit with a tragedy with the loss of a loved one here in town. Um, and they, are season ticket holders with the Thunderbirds. And so, you know, they play on one of my son's soccer teams. And so as a team, we kind of got together and we wanted to put some things together. So I reached out to the Thunderbirds front office staff and, you know, we're, we're collecting money. So I'd like to purchase some, some items for the family. They're huge Thunderbirds fans. And I get a response back from, from the front office staff, Jessica Hampson and um, Hanson and, and Drew Supernor. And it's like, we'll put something together. No charge. It's just, it's amazing to see they get it. They understand what this community, what this team means to the community and what the community means to the team. It's just such a great partnership. So it's, it's relationships that these players form with their fans and it's, it's, a relationship. It's, it, it really is a, we are four, one, three community that I think everybody 
in the front office understands. I think that starts from the top all the way down. And I think it's something that we as a community have really bought into as well. We kind of accept it and, and it's just a wonderful thing to see firsthand. So I do want to applaud the front office staff and Jessica Hansen and Drew Supernor for that, you know, a great gesture for this family who, uh, you know, was hit with a, an awful tragedy this past few weeks. So I love to hear that. Love yeah. to hear that. Like I always say, it's a great, great team to great organization to work for. I'm happy to do it. Um, we are going to get into the all-star break. It's just one other thing for, about Hartford that I wanted to bring up super quick because we are going to get into this later. Did you notice the jerseys they were wearing? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, Those are the, the third jer- the sub. The submarine. Yeah. That thing is awesome. I don't yeah. know why they're going with that karaoke wolf, the screaming, <laughs> screaming, singing Celine Dion up into the air. Um, they haven't, they, they're due for like an upgrade with their logo. Like that thing's been that for 20 years and it's, it's. It, I, I think it's a, a amateur, quite frankly. But the, <laughs> the submarine with the wolf w- on top of the big star and dark blue—that was a great look. Was, it does. It a, looks cool. That was a a, a, uh, a aesthetically pleasing game to watch, just with that wolf pack. So, any wolf pack fans or front office listening, go stick with the submarine. That thing was sick. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And it's on the helmets, and I always look at it. And I always think it's cool when they're in the box and stuff. But, but anyway, um, we are coming off of the All Star Game weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will just say, uh, if I could off the top, um, I watched the, I, I tried to watch the NHL all-star game or the, this, uh, not the game, the skills competition skills. Sure. And I think part of the problem that the NHL has is it seems like every year it's basically the same guys. It's, it's mm-hmm. McDavid and it's Pasternak and it's Crosby and it's, it's, it's the same guys. And now it's going to be Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes for the next decade. Right. And and so it's like every time the 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 league and whoever puts on the product and the players always try to like do something bigger than they did the year before, and it just gets super like kitschy. I don't really know another word for it. It's cringy. It's like it's like they're trying too hard to make this way more than it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get to the AHL All Star Games, the roster turnover is so. I mean, I don't know how many guys that where that was their second all-star game or their third all-star game, or their fourth all-star game. I would guess 80% of those guys have been there for the first time. And they keep it simple. There's mm-hmm. no there's no light up passing drills. And it's like, no, no, fastest skater, hardest shot, you know, uh accurate accuracy, shot. Yep. Like it that's the stuff that again we grew up with in the 90s. That's what made it so awesome. Not Alex Ovechkin, you know, coming out with a pink cowboy hat. Like it's just <laughs> like and so I I enjoyed the AHL also the AHL skills competition way more than the NHLs just because it was kept so simple. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. And I mean, you're right. I think the the roster turnover for AHL AHL All Stars. It happens much more and and 80% is probably, that's probably a safe bet. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I know Ethan Frank as Dylan, yeah, Ethan and, Frank, and really only because they, they Dylan McElrath, I'm sure has been yeah. to more than one. You um, know. So, but 80% is probably fair. And, and it is, it's the same faces. I think the NBA has a similar problem too, you know, with the same faces over and over again. And then if you want to bring people back next year, they have to be wanting to see something bigger, better, more. Reminds me of, reminds me of Blake Griffin dunking over the Kia. Yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. Yes, I do. And, and, and you know, it, or even Dwight Howard not even dunking on his dunk. <laughs> kind of right. layups it in. But 
I liked it. We, my kids, I let them stay up a little bit late to watch the skills competition. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed watching Gaudet skate and, and seeing Gaudet and, and Coglin in the in the relay. Um, that was fun. I think the AHL does a nice job. I, I wish the the production value on AHL TV was a little bit better. But they, the AHL does a nice job putting on the show, and it was great to see um, Thunderbirds, Dylan Coglin and Adam Gaudet, uh, you know, highlight their skills and um yeah they, it, it was just it was it was fun to watch definitely had some technical issues you could tell that they were pumping the play-by-play into the arena and then there was a lot of feedback so and i, w- I would like two or three more cameras on yeah, the ice yeah. for that kind of thing you know give me some more unique angles but um uh, yeah overall i just i thought it was great and, I, and it, it sort of piggyback on that did you, did you see nikita kucherov and all the the um the heat he's getting i don't know if you, you caught this but he no. basically he basically just went 50 percent speed and interest in the skills competition and he was getting sort of beat up for it on twitter just huh. kind of lollygagging around just not really i mean he here's the world-class future hall of famer who just had zero interest in the skills competition because it's probably like his ninth yeah so it's like <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's um you know it's nice to have guys that are there that want to be there um, you know, and, and again, I, I'm still, I still don't really like the three on three. I think that's how guys are going to get hurt and get tired. And to me, it's not real hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the only other complaint that I have is that I believe they said on the broadcast that, uh, cause remind me the skills competition was Sunday. Yes. All-star game was Monday. Correct. So they said that 30 of 32 teams were in action the night before on Saturday, yes. Saturday. Georgie Merkulov was supposed to be there from Providence, but again, they played Saturday night. His flight got delayed, so he missed the skills competition. Yeah. Like, can we not do that? I agree. Like, can we give can we give the guys like a couple of days, even even 24 hours between yeah. the last game you play and when the skills competition starts so they can get there? And especially, especially, especially when you have it on the on a coast. I was, that was my point. I was going to bring up you're asking guys, San Diego, if it's in Cleveland, it's fine. But when you're going coast to coast, that's just, I agree. That's that's too much. That's tough. And, and, you know, it, you're asking for someone. I just skated last night. I don't have my legs yet. I'm not giving my best. Not that I shouldn't say effort, but you're at, you're, you're knocking on the door of some, like a bad look. And and that is unfortunate for a guy like Georgie Merkulov who earned it, who had every desire, every want, every and it's his first, every you know, earned that right to be there. And and now his flight is delayed, coming from the East Coast, going all the way to the West Coast. Nothing he can do about it, out of his control. Um, I I, I had the same thought, like, all right, if why not make the skills competition Monday night, play Tuesday night give everybody Wednesday night off and they, they come back Friday to play, you know, their, their team game. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. I don't know why you do that. And even as the AHL, you know, what are you competing against? Right. There's not much else going on. Just going to say that there's nothing happening. Yeah. You're not, you're not having to compete with really anything else. So do the skills competition Monday, play the game Tuesday. I I'm with you on that. Um, I do. Let's highlight how the, our, our boys did. Dylan sure. Coglin had scored a goal. Uh, Adam Gaudet had three. Um, not, I don't want to pick on uh, Clay Stevenson, the goaltender for Hershey Bears, but he let up quite a few goals. So, <laughs> again, 
three on three is not playing hockey in an all-star game, but Hey, maybe Adam Gaudette hit his hot streak in an all-star weekend with three goals. And maybe Clay Stevenson uh, forgot how to play goalie. I don't maybe, know. <laughs> maybe, maybe you break a guy. These hey. all-star games, we, we, you know, the home, how many times see a guy in a home run derby win the thing. And then he, he bats 212 the rest of the yeah. year. Man, that's you what know? I'm thinking. You know, I'm sending those vibes out to the universe. Clay Stevenson, you forgot how to play goaltender, man. <laughs> you, you don't know how to do it. So keep that for uh, keep that mindset on Saturday when you come visit the isotopes. Yeah, for real, for real. But um, no, it was. I'm glad those guys got the opportunity, and I think it was well deserved. I think the rosters, for the most part, were pretty well deserved. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's still to me something always awesome about a guy going four for four in the accuracy competition. I, I think yeah. one of the Clark brothers, Brant Clark, maybe, you know, there's just, that's the thing that makes you get out of your seat. <laughs> yeah. They hit three for three and they got the last one. You're like, Oh, there we go. Like, I don't know. I, I still kind of love that as a kid in me, but yep. um, always fun. And now we hit the, the second leg. I mean, I hate to say the midway point. I don't think it is, but it is the, the, the second leg and it all kicks off with your, Springfield Isotopes, Matt. I'm looking forward to this. I love this game. Uh, proud proud parent moment here for both of us. Our kids, it's Agawam night as well. So our kids will be on the ice singing God Bless America. My school um, will be the, the kiddos holding the flag. So that's pretty cool for me, pregame stuff. Um, but the Springfield Isotopes, who are undefeated. Springfield Isotopes never lost. It's awesome. Um, so... You know, I again, not taking anything for granted. You still got to go out there and you got to play. But we have seen this version of the Springfield Thunderbirds play to their competition. And right now, there's no greater competition than the Hershey Bears. We talked about this. You are waiting for their stumble. I'm with you. Logic says it's going to happen. So why not start it now, right after the All-Star break? Um, I, I do think this is a good matchup. Again, you have three games essentially all decided by one goal. The last game they played, there were two empty netters in the last 90 seconds of the game. That was a one goal game for 98.7% of the game. Yeah. So you, I, I you know, on paper, it's not going to look this way, but in, in the eye test tells me that these three games have been decided by a total of three goals. Um, anything can happen. I am waiting for the lucky break for the isotopes against Hershey because it's been Hershey lucky break, lucky break for Hershey, lucky break for Hershey. I'm waiting for Springfield to get their lucky break against this team. And it's got to happen now because this is the last time they see Hershey in the regular season. Um, um, we all, will also have the post game Jersey auction as well. Uh, for those who stick around and, and spend all your money on those things, thank you as well. But of course you can join myself and Kevin Johnson doing that bat, uh, thoughts on the jerseys. I, I think they, they leaked, uh, earlier this week, What are your thoughts on the, the isotope round this year? Yeah. So I, I believe they leaked yesterday, uh, on, on social media with boomer going fishing in the Connecticut river. You never know what you're going to pull out of that river. No. Um, and, uh, I, you know what I, I, I'll give it a, a B plus. I love, love the logo, the, the isotope Homer Simpson, Thunderbird, three eyed mutant bird. I love that. Uh, that's their logo on the front, the lime light, lime green, neon green. Um, it gives me Seattle Seahawk vibes. So in picture, it, it it's not, 
it, it's it's cool. It's 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 the isotopes, right? So you got the nuclear waste. So it's it. I like it. It kind of counters last year's dark blue with the dripping ooze. This one's more ooze all over. I am very curious, excited to see how that looks on the the white ice. I think and you you brought that up as well. Yeah. Um. I think that it, it it's either gonna look really really cool or you're gonna be like e blinded yeah. a little bit. Right. Um. Right. I mean, I I it it's because it's it's bright, so it'll yeah. be. I'm really excited to see how that looks on on the ice. It, it but, depends who you're playing too. I mean, Hershey, I assume is gonna wear white. Um. You know, so there won't be much of a color discrepancy. I mean, unless Hershey wears like maroon, and that would that yeah. would be that'd be a tough look. Yeah. Um, I yeah I, I I agree. I think that the the uh, the logo is cool. And and again, you got to go a different way. You can't just roll out the same ones every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm always in favor of throwing in a third color. Maybe like sure. a, a, some some silver would be cool. Or um, I was always a fan of. Uh, there was an XFL team, the Seattle Dragons, who had the the same kind of Seahawks colors, but they had like a, uh, I guess it was kind of like a dark orange. So it was the it was the navy blue, the lime green, and then the dark orange. I believe it was a darkish orange. Um, there's something about that color scheme that I always loved um, in the Seattle Dragons XFL. I, I again, I don't think I watched more than a minute of their games, but um, <laughs> no, yeah, something... it's like orange, dark blue, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it's just that little bit of orange kind of helped it pop a little bit, but um. You know, I, I I give this team credit. They're always the creative team is always um, sort of stepping it up. And even the, yeah. the the Falcons jersey this year, it was different than the year before, but it was still, you know, kept true to what the jerseys meant. So yeah, um, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Uh, we'll see how it looks. And again, it's anything's good for one night. You know, I, yeah, night. I love it. I love it. And and I'm expecting a packed house. Uh, I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I, I'm anticipating another sellout in the Thunderdome. Uh, so, you know, I, I hope we're loud. I hope we bring the energy as these sort of promo nights often do. And, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to sing along with our kids. God bless America to start the game. Oh, cool. I'm going to be a puddle. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Um, after that, the team's going to go play a couple in Charlotte. And of course, uh, we'll be there to break it down again, Matt. I'm not sure about next week. I got, you know, like I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, hanging out with Mickey and Minnie down in Orlando. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to work something out. We might have to pre-record or, or find an interview or something, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. We'll put something together. And uh, as always, we want to give a, a big thank you to our friends at Patty's Irish pub for sponsoring our fan feature segment. A big thank you as well to uh, white lion brewing as always. And our friends at YOLO healthcare consulting, they are at yolo.healthcareconsulting at gmail.com. Any final takeaways or words Matt I'm looking forward to starting this this second leg of the season off the right way with the Springfield isotopes uh thank you Sam for for being our our fan feature this week we appreciate you coming on love hearing your stories thank you listeners everybody out there keep the social media stuff coming and uh let's go isotopes